Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter-Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. To the left, Pellegrini inside, Pizarro Golasso, Pizarro Golasso. Here's the goal scorer, Morgan. Oh, remember last week I said, remember this this good, good feeling of this four-game win streak and, and we can really hold on to this and, and look back at it. Then we were talking about how long we can extend this this win streak. Man, that disintegrated faster than a sandcastle at high tide. That was just, man, man, oh, man. What a, uh, what a 180 we took. You know, it kind of reminds me of like, if you ever got out of a bad relationship and you all of a sudden you start looking at that significant other again, you're like, man, I can really get back with her. And all your friends are like, no, she's going to hurt you again. Like she just is wearing different makeup. She's going to hurt you again. And you're like, nah, it can't happen. It's not going to happen. And then she just crushes your soul. And it, it, it hurts. Like, it's not like I don't know, we're going to get into it, but we didn't even show up. It hurts. Did not show up. And it's uh, I, I'll take the blame on this one. Cause I, have my uh, my buddy uh, from Germany in town, and anytime like I dare to introduce an outsider to enter Miami, we just disappoint them. And and the last time I did this was last year at the Revs game. When it was a five zero beatdown where we we lost we we lost, and he just like he just looks over at me and he's just like, man, what is going on? I'm like, it's nine versus eleven. This is this is how we get down. So the moral of the story is you're not allowed to take anybody to a Revs game or show them a Revs game, and maybe we'll be okay next time. I, mean, I don't know. I, I do have to say it's all on you at this point. I don't know. I mean, I've got friends that are always like, oh, like, you know, let me know when the next game is. We'll go to the game. And at this point, I'm like, nah, dude, just like do me a favor. Just like don't show interest. Just go watch. Go watch another sport. Like you're, you're going to make us lose, and I'm going to also – I'm being a good friend, and I'm saving you from the heartbreak. Yeah, I mean – yeah, they don't know what they're signing up for at this point. It's it's joy, pain, joy, pain. I mean, I feel like we're bipolar at this point. Who the hell knows? We definitely are. We definitely are. And we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and cover this uh, this hell storm that we had to uh, to sit down and watch. Welcome everyone to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington, joined by Mister Than Harrington uh, here. Hey, buddy, we had a good streak. <laughs> it was a it was a good few weeks of smiling and and being really positive, uh, but yeah, man, that all that all went out the window uh, on the game this past Saturday against the New England Revs, who we did beat. Who Gregory did get his first ever hat trick for Inter Miami, the first one in club history against not too long ago. But man, let's not forget. That they are the reigning supporter shield champions. And at some point, at some point, we knew 
that they're, they were going to start to get better. And I think it was a combo of them starting to get back to how they normally play. And then it was a combo of us. I don't even want to say reverting back to how we used to play. Cause it was just a shit show from the get go. I mean that, and you have to admit that the media kind of put us up on a pedestal after we, we whooped up mm-hmm. on them. Uh, I shouldn't say whooped up on them, but, you know, we, we stole one. And you have to admit, I mean, if, if you've ever played any sports and you know you have another team that maybe pipped one on you or blew you out, like you're going to have some locker room material for that next game. And mm-hmm. they, they came out and they came out and put us, put us to the sword. I mean, it, it just it looked like we reverted to 2021 Inter-Miami. Yep. Yep. Well, just like an angry, aggressive bandaid, we're just going to go ahead and rip it off and get right to it. Um, and it really just went downhill really, really quick. Like there wasn't even a, 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 a 15 second enjoyable period before the, uh, the, the like happiness and excitement for, for the weekly game was just shattered. You know, we, we did come out with a, a fairly strong start in 11. We did have a few changes from the, the game prior, uh, you know, minus the addition of, uh, of Gregory. But, uh, man, they scored in the first minute, maybe slightly over the first minute, like 80 seconds, maybe less. It, no, it was it was under because by the time the replay got done, the first minute over. had ticked off I think the it was, I, you know, I think it was 45. It's hard. It's honestly hard to remember because – the drinking started pregame and then it just intensified from the fir- from from right away and then it became an angry drinking situation which which never uh ends well but uh Bryce Duke did get the start which was you know kind of exciting uh we you know where we had a left center mid uh or sorry it was Duke there why Robbie Taylor got the start at left wing in place of uh, Robbie Robinson, who was battling a little bit of an injury, had to miss a game. Typically, wouldn't be the end of the world. Wouldn't be super concerned with this. But the way this game transcended in like the first 20 minutes was a massive, massive uh, concern. If you if you didn't watch the game and you're just coming in here to, to be in the misery with us, just remember that Robbie Robertson, Robbie Robinson was injured. And did not. It was not even on the bench. It was not available to play at all in any capacity this game. Into the first minute, Marsman passes out of the box, up the middle, who, um, you know, we aren't it really was able Mota. to. Oh, Mo- Mota, sorry. And, and wasn't able to trap the ball. Uh, Carlos Hill uh, finds a streaking Damian Rivera, who uh, dispatches the ball past the far post for the first goal of the game. And honestly, man, like, I think Nikki probably should have been able to get 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 a hand of this. You know, this this was just a. It was like we, the starting pistol went off. New England was ready to play, and I just don't think it was like a failure out of the, out of the the opening gate. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that because uh, Oaks is Friday and Derby is Saturday. Shout out to all my Derby lovers out there. But yeah, I mean, it was like a, almost like a false start for us, man. And uh, yeah, going down right away that quick isn't great. But you know the way we've been playing. Uh, you know, we've been able to overcome some difficulties over the, the previous four games. So, you know, there was still hope that yeah, this might be okay. But, you know, this is just quite a few players that were out of position. Yedlin was actually up the field trying to be an outlet for Marsman and, and not really back where he needed to be 
because the ball came uh, from where he should have been for us. Um, but yeah, really, really good. And then not too long after, uh, maybe 10 minutes or something like that, Campana pulls up. You can see him. Uh, I mean, I think everyone, if you've played a sport, you you know, you know, that that look, right? That that hammy tighten up, that that growing, tightening up. And it's once that happens, man, it's really hard to play FIFA. Uh, through I've only seen one person in my entire life and that was Dalvin Cook playing through an injury at FSU where he would stay in and break off 60 yard runs and he could have scored a touchdown but he'd pull up and just go down and I've never seen someone able to be able to play through it and like preserve the integrity of one's hamstring because uh, it's very rare so Campana goes out very very early uh man and, and at that point we have no Iguain he's injured we have no Robinson he's injured What's our, what, what is the only really viable option we have? It's Emerson, a young, young Emerson who, you know, I'm, I'm fairly high on. You're fairly high on. I think everyone's fairly high on Emerson, but we're also realist. And we realize that he is not quite ready to take on the starting role, but he's being thrusted into the starting role very early into this game. And, it really only goes downhill from there. Mabika pulls up with an injury not too much later. And at this point, it's like, damn, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be one of those nights. I think at that time I was like, yep, go ahead and bring me two more Guinnesses. Yep, this is gonna be a, a long, long day. And uh yeah, man, and it, I wish that was it, but like the late great Billy Mays, but wait. There's more. Go ahead and take us through the uh, the disaster spree that carried over into the second half. Yeah, so it was, as a supporter, you know you shouldn't really, really be like, okay, cool, that's it. Like, that's just the worst that can happen. We're, we're going to be okay. We're going to be able to pull out of this. Because if you've been supporting this team since, since its inception, you know – Shit just doesn't hit the fan in like little quantities. Like we took the entire porta potty and dumped it on the fan. Uh, you know, in the 60th minute, Damian Lowe was sent off with a second yellow card of the game. I personally thought this was a soft foul. Um, yeah, okay. He, he, his studs were up, but it, you know, you see him called in other leagues, even other games around the MLS where it's not necessarily worth a yellow. It's a talking to boom. Yes, though, he was on his first yellow. He was already on his first yellow when the tackle came through. Is what it is. To add insult to injury to Lowe, he was subsequently fined an undisclosed amount for not leaving the field in a timely manner by the MLS. <laughs> so he just made, he made a, he made a few bad decisions in that five minute yeah. period. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and then as the team's already reeling, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. We're trying to adjust. The 64th minute, uh, there was a ball that was crossed. It was ping-ponging around the box. It fell to Dewan Jones, who crossed it in from the left. left, And uh, the ball found the head of uh, Buxa, who, I mean, he... If, if you want a definition of a textbook header, that was it. Mm-hmm. He hit, he got up in the air, there was no one around him, and he hit it as far away as he could mm-hmm. from Marsman, without it going outside the post. I mean, I, I, as a, as a fan of just the game in general, I got to give him kudos. That was a beautiful header. Very well you know? executed. It, 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 I, I think it was into the side netting, honestly. I mean, it was, yeah, there, there's yeah, no, yeah. no, no keeper 
I, I, maybe maybe a couple keepers, but the vast majority of keepers in the world aren't saving that that ball no matter what. No, I, I mean, and not to get too far into this, but I think you're talking like a Manuel Neuer, yeah. a Thibaut Courtois, uh, like you in know, their somebody prime. else. Yes, in their prime doing that. Um, but the, the moral of the story for the first goal, not so much, but for this goal, definitely, was poor clearances continue to plague our defense. Uh, we, we tried to clear it. We whiffed or we hit it off a defender. We tried to clear it again. We hit our own guy. And, like, at this point, the first half on top of, like, up to the 64th minute, in my mind, the Benny Hill theme songs playing. And, yes, I may have just dated myself because not a lot of folks anymore might know Benny Hill. But if you if you don't, check it out because it, it, it'll fit this. It's like a circusy type music. Mm-hmm. Um and like, I don't know. The revs just capitalized on it. It was, it was, it was what it was. I just kept um, hearing DMX in my head, like all I know is pain. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is this is my world. I mean, you could use that, or you could go every time they tried to clear the ball. DJ Khaled, another one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> another one. <laughs> another whiff. Another whiff. <laughs> Um, but then it only got worse from there. Seventy uh, sixth minute, Quinteros was sent off with his second yellow of the game. I really thought this one was soft. And yes, it's an Enter Miami podcast. I, I I try to be objective, but I watched this and I watched this and I watched this and I watched this. And I was like, that man just made a meal out of it. Like Quintero's mm-hmm. hit him in the back. No doubt about that. I'll give it to you all day. But then this dude fell down like he was on some sort of slip and slide. Then he was rolling on the ground like he couldn't get up. Like he was shot. Like uh, did the Neymar roll? I don't know. Yeah, but. He like even Neymar probably would have stood over top of him, like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> it, 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 it didn't look great. If Neymar's judging you, then then it's very bad. So, so let, let me just do a, a a quick recap for you before you bring us home here. So down down two starters, second half, down two two players now. So so now we're playing nine versus eleven, and I think this happened like one time in the first season, but it was so late in the game it didn't really matter. And we already, like, I'd lost the game. But, I mean, there was a good chunk of the game left where we had to play 9 versus 11. And Leander, my drummer friend, is, like, literally just laughing, like, this are there, This is just embarrassing. And I was like, yes. Yes, it is. And I don't care who, I don't care who you field. It's very hard to win 9 versus 11. I don't care who's on your team. You would have to have, like, yeah. literally the all-star of the world against who's the worst team it's not us but it's close to us against their Miami to maybe have a chance to pull that off it it's it does not work in your favor I mean let's be honest a couple a, a couple times we've walked out in the field I think we probably could have had a full team against eight and not one but I digress <laughs> uh, at the end of the day you know it's kind of like what I said to you last week and I brought this up last week and it's kind of funny how it came to fruition Leo went down Gonzalo was injured who was our who, who was going to be the, the guy who stepped up. We didn't know at the time Robbie was going to be out. We just showed exactly where we need to help improve because we're going to need, we're going to need another striker. We're going to need a backup striker or at least somebody who's attack minded to fill into that role. Hopefully Emerson gets up to speed with that. This is that rare case where you really need your four string striker. Because if we had Iguain at that point, all the fans would have welcomed him with open arms once Leo goes down. Or Robbie. Robbie, all Robbie wants to do is play his nine. All Robbie wants to do is be center forward. Here's your moment, Robbie. And you're injured. 
And just to add insult to injury, Mabika got an injury. Robbie Taylor got an injury. Leo Campana got an injury. Uh, Franco actually reported this, um, I think, a, a couple of days ago. Uh, but so Leo Campana, Gonzalo Higuain, Ami Mabika, and Nick Marsman are not taking part in, in the practice session. Uh, and Robbie Robinson was, was back in after missing Saturday's game. So it looks like Robbie's going to get his wish. Looks like Robbie, there's a, a, a fairly decent chance Robbie's going to get his wish to play as our number nine, as our center forward. But keep in mind, it is also determinant on the availability of Campana and, and, and Wain. We still don't know the full extent of Campana's injury, what the timetable is, and kind of same boat with Iguain. They're, they're pretty you know, tight-lipped about a lot of this stuff. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what uh, what happens. And it looks like we're also going to be without uh, Lowe and uh, and Quintero. Not that we really, you know, Quintero, we start Quinteros or anything like that. But I don't know, man. It's uh, Lowe might hurt. You know, Lowe has had some some pretty good games for us, and then he's had some some. These past two have been kind of rough. I want you to keep in the back of your mind, too. I forget which one it is, so fans don't crucify me on this, but either Lowe or Quinteros is also going to miss the U.S. Open Cup game on uh, top of missing uh, our yeah, MLS Lowe, match. Lowe got a red in that, in that as well. So, yeah, yeah, Lowe's going to be out for a couple games. Um, but again, you know, like, it's probably going to hurt more, you know, missing him against Charlotte than – I don't want to jinx us. I'm not even going to finish that sentence. I'm not even going to jinx us. Nope. We're, nope, nope, nope. Torment is Just, a good team. It's going to be a scrap. Not even going to get to put any energy out there because I don't want the universe coming back for me. Well, I've been saying it. I watched them play numerous times last year. It's going to be a fight. Yeah. It will be a fight. So, uh, Jay, what do you got for stats? Uh, Stat-wise, um, shots. 18 for the Revs, 7 for Inter-Miami. Of the 18 shots for the Revs, 6 of those were on goal. And uh, of our seven shots, three were on goal. Uh, Possession-wise, not going to be good. And this, you know, keep in mind this, we're, a lot of games we, we are on the, the lower side of the possession. But also keep in mind we were, we were playing with 10 men for about a full 30 minutes here, playing with nine men uh, for a, a good, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. So this might be a little skewed, but possession wise, the Revs had 66.5% and Inter Miami at 33.5%. Uh, passing accuracy, we're edged on that. The Revs 89.1%, Inter Miami 79.9%. Corners, they had 22, we did 11. A lot of corners in this game, honestly. Uh, we were not able to capitalize on corners. That's really not our strong suit by any means, never has been. Uh, we really don't like scoring offset pieces. It's kind of our thing. It's kind of our team identity. Uh, Foul-wise, though, uh, which just really wasn't bad. You know, eight fouls to the Revs and only five for Inter-Miami. That's pretty good. If, if Inter-Miami can, can keep it to five fouls a game, pretty damn good. The issue is we had three yellow cards in the Reds. Revs had one, and then, of course, we had uh, two red cards. Um, so I guess technically you could say we had five yellow cards because they were double yellow cards that, that converted. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't, we usually do positive and ne positives and negatives here. Uh, we just covered all the negatives and I'm drawing a blank for positives because now we're dealing with a bunch of injuries. I guess positives are, we're not going to have to play new England revs again. 
unless it's like the playoffs. <laughs> is that a positive? Can we can we look forward to that? Um, there is one massive glaring positive, but it doesn't involve this game. We're going to get to it in a bit. Uh, but yeah, look, man, we did our part. I feel I feel content. We covered the game. We covered the pain. We're we're doing it for the fans. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and? Uh, I guess technically it's still a little bit of pain. Bring us through what Phil's thoughts were after this game. Well, I want to say first, if, if, if for all you guys and gals listening out there, if, if you're listening to this podcast after a loss like this, you guys are the true MVP. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, we love you. We yeah. love you. We we appreciate you. Believe uh, it or not, this, the, the the wins and the losses have an effect on 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 the the listens we get. It's obviously higher when we win. You can tell the people who. Um, maybe we just don't want to relive it until they skip that week. Well, yeah, it sucks for us because we have to relive it every time. <laughs> Typically three times because well, I've watched it like at the stadium or, or at a watch party or a bar or whatever. And then I want to watch it again, you know, like in the week on my lunch break or something like that. So I'm in a clear head space and then we get to talk about it again. So usually it's, it's just, uh, you know, what they say death comes in threes or, you know, bad, bad things happen in threes. Yeah. So that, that's all yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you there. Um, but getting in the Phil's post game. Now I want to paint a picture for the lister. If you've ever been in trouble with your parents and you walk in the door, let's say you walked in from school and they know you did something, but they're waiting to see if you fess up to it. That's the look that Phil had on his face when the camera first turned on him. His tongue is in his cheek. He's got this extremely irritated look on his face. And before I even press play, I went, damn, this is the type of press conference this is going to be. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, mm-hmm. let's see how it is. Um, and then he just he kicked the door in. I mean, he called out the players for being uh, extremely poor on the discipline side. Uh, he called out both uh, Lowe and Quinteros for getting call or sent off on silly, sloppy challenges. Uh, he did say he was extremely proud of the nine that were uh, on the pitch at the end. They continued to show grit under duress. Um, when he was asked about what the first half impact was, like what caused the the team to kind of go off the rails. He said, you know, the Ame Babika and Leo uh, Kapana injuries greatly impacted it. I mean, anytime, and I'm going to use, I'm going to start using the word for Kapana. Anytime you lose your talisman up front, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. Um, He does claim Inter-Miami, two players will be called up due to the knocks and bruises being felt throughout the team. And I thought this, point was big because I can, as you know, as a former footballer, I can tell you this is true fact. He claims that the turf over the past three games was substandard and should have to be better. This compounded the damages of, or for the players. If you've played on turf, yeah, but hold on before you shake your head at me. If you've played on turf repeatedly, you know how your body feels every freaking time. And let's be honest. The U.S. Open Cup. Do I really need to remind you what that turf looked like at FIU Stadium? That was sketchy. But I grew up playing yeah. on turf, so uh, okay. I don't know. Well, I, I feel like that's a well, little soft. Well, where I grew up, we had beautiful grass because we could afford. Hey, hey, grass, hey, so. hey, 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 hey. They, 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 they call it the bluegrass state for a reason, okay? <laughs> so maybe it's blue because it's actually blue turf. Anyways, Ame, <laughs> uh, so back to what we were talking about. Ame has a muscle injury. Uh, they're saying anywhere four to six weeks, but they're not 100% sure. Leo uh, is off with just muscle tightness. 
they're probably going to play it more safe with him. And then Robbie should be back for next match. Knock on wood, pray to the hamstring gods. Like, I don't know. It, Robbie's just cursed with that question um, before, did, before we, before you go any further though on this, because you sure. already mentioned I, I am CF two. Is this Sean Hundle's moment? Hmm. I, I would have to say it has to be. I mean, I want to who see else are you going to bring up? I want to see it. I mean, I'm for it. You know that. But then if we're going to bring up another striker, we also need to look at bringing up a winger for however long. I mean, if Robbie isn't back, let's just say that, right? I'd also say Eddie's got to come up and start showing something. Yeah. Bring bring the, the Beckham boy. <laughs> throw him in there wherever he can. They list him as like a forward. They've listed him as like a midfield. I'm like... It's all over the place, all over the place. But yeah, we're going to have to good thing that, that the MLS next program allows for this. Cause you know, last year, little, uh, more, uh, stringent on the, the rules and, and how that worked with the hardship clause. But, uh, this is going to be something we're going to need, man. And it, it might honestly, could it be one game, two games, who knows, but Definitely felt like at the beginning of the season we were we were finally going to have some depth, and then here we are, uh, feeling pretty damn thin again. You know what absolutely kills me? The fact that this would be Ian Frey's time. Yeah, it absolutely kills me. The kid is such a good kid, and I know we and I don't want to go down the road about talking about him. You know, Ian, if you're listening, we still hope you're recovering well. We hope you're back as soon as you can be. But like, this is Ian Frey time. And he's not available. So hopefully, yeah. Um, But Phil went on to say, uh, again, he praised the players for facing adversity with grit. He claimed that last year's team would have lost this same game five to nothing. If that would have happened, Jay would have been banned from watching. (laughs) We, We literally did lose five to nothing, Phil. I was there with two friends. Who just wanted to experience what Inter Miami was all about? Yeah, way to way to really you know, just pour some salt back on that wound. You know, I saw that and I had to put that in the notes for this. this yeah. spot. Like I, I heard, that. I was like, ha ha. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, just again, he went back through. He attributed the struggles in the first half to silly goals, messing with the mentality, and then Capana going down with his injury, and. Uh, he claimed the team, and this one was kind of shocking to me. He claimed the team wasn't brave enough to pass the ball around, and they and they they did fail to connect a lot of passes. Like it was, it wasn't great, uh, and that was pretty much it. Um, he, it's kind of hard to pull a positive from that for the most part because he was just coming into that overall annoyed, and rightfully so. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, what what were your thoughts, Jay? Yeah, a disappointing dad, you know. Um, he's right. You know, typically I've I, we've seen him direct blame towards the players and in, 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 at times it, it has seemed a little unfair where maybe he was uh, deflecting some of the blame that I think he deserved. Uh, but in this, I mean, you can't blame Leo. You can't blame Abika, right? They got injured. That's part of that's part of, of sports, at any level, professional or rec league or intramurals, whatever. As a kid, kids get injured all the time. Can't do anything about it. The double yellows that converted to red for for Low and for uh, Quinteros. Uh, I mean, 
soft, sure. Boneheaded, yes. You know, you got to know what the what the circumstances are, what the situation is. So, rightfully so, I will go ahead and and say he's right. He's right with the with the blame that he gave. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that continues to drive me nuts, and it's it's just the fan base at this point is. As soon as the game went sideways, it's Phil's fault. It's Phil's fault. It's yeah. Phil's fault. Neville out. Neville out. Hey, guys, it can't be Phil's fault if two players go down injured. He is doing everything he can do to minimize the damage. Mm-hmm. Even if he runs, even if he goes into full damage control and puts one at the top and literally everybody else behind the ball, there's only so much you can do with nine people on the field. Yeah. So, you know, and it was funny to me too. I noticed some of the folks that were claiming Neville in over the past couple wins were all of a sudden claiming Neville out. So yeah, that's just not that's just South Florida fans for you. Not throwing shade at anybody, but you know who you are, and you know I know who you are. So, Jay, yep. um, let's get into some more positive stuff. What do you got for uh, standing? So standing. So this was actually a really crucial game um, from a points perspective. We. This obviously not make or break, right? We're, we're still at a quarter through the season. But if we would have won this game, this would have really gotten us into the position that we wanted to be in, right? So we're in 12th place right now in the East with 10 points. Um, obviously, if we win, we were walking away with three. Uh, right now, NYCFC is sitting at five with 13. So we would have been at six, right below them, off goal differentials, which would have us, you know, in the playoff. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like we're at, we're out of the playoffs or anything, but it would have put us in a very, very pretty position. So 12th in the East kind of dropped uh, the ball there against a team that's been struggling. I had really, really positive feelings going into it, but uh, DC United moved to 14th. Chicago uh, moved to 13th. Uh, so we were 22nd out of 28 in the supporters shield standings. We share the same record as Cincinnati, but we're behind them on goal differential. This is something that you just get used to all season. I don't see us bombing out, you know, three, four, five goals, many games this season. So if we're tied for a position, we're going to be on the bottom part of it. We're already sitting at negative nine. I think NYCFC is like plus nine. So that goal differential, whoo. I could see that potentially really biting us at the end of the season. If we cannot create some separation and solidify ourselves in sixth or fifth place, if we're fighting for seventh and we're fighting against a team that doesn't have a horrible goal differential, then we're going to be out of the playoffs. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, I'm sure we dropped a little bit in our uh, favorite MLS power rankings, whether we're going with ESPN or MLS. Uh, I believe we're, we decided to stick with MLS. They tend to be a little more friendly. So that's the one we're going to go with because we need to inject as much positivity as we can. So where are we right now with power rankings? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely looked at the MLS and was said, all right, we're going to go with this one. Um, so we're down five spots <laughs> back to 23 <laughs> after that loss. And we're only ahead of mighty clubs such as Toronto. Sporting Kansas City, D.C. United, San Jose, and Vancouver. A lovely group to be to be in <laughs> right <laughs> now. 
Uh, I mean, just a great I, this, group with collectively probably four players that have made MLS team of the week. Yeah. And I, I, it might be annoying for the listeners to have to listen through me laughing, but like after the, the win streak we had, like that's not the group of people I want to be associated yeah, yeah, with yeah. as a team. Like, and, and I just, I can't help but laugh. Um, you know, do we get a handicap be, for like sanctions? Do we get like a like a four spot handicap maybe? No, they're gonna do us dirty like they did Derby County and give us like a negative thirty one point reduction yeah, yeah, and yeah, say yeah. survive. Yeah. Um. But no, and like you touched on with the standings, it's crucial. We need to start picking up points. I mean, we have Charlotte coming up, which we're gonna cover here in a second. But then we play DC United. We're at Philly, and then we got our boy. Just put it on your calendar. Our boys return. He's coming home. He's coming home. He's com- we May can't keep 22nd. him, but he's coming home. We can we can look at him. Well, we can look at him. We can cry. We can console giant men in the stands who were on the floor crying. Uh, I digress. Uh, you know, and we have Portland. Uh, we have Max Lander United, Minnesota, and Dallas all coming up. Like we got to pick up points, or all of a sudden we could be looking into a. Uh, we could be looking at a bad situation because, like you said, the goal differential is not going to be our friend this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we briefly touched on, next matchup, we got the rowdy Charlotte folks down in Bank of America Stadium Saturday, May 7th, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I got to give them credit. Charlotte is balling out when it comes to their their fans. Yeah, they dude. pull they pull in more fans than the Panthers do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, so, this mean, will be this will be the the biggest number of fans Inter Miami will play probably until we play Charlotte or again. I mean, they're they're gonna have. I guess you could you could argue Seattle because they're playing at uh, what is it Lumenfield now? You know, yeah, they're always changing names. But yeah, no, it's gonna be a, a big big uh, environment. Um. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie, man. I haven't watched a ton of Charlotte FC this season. I've watched, you know, bits and pieces when I've seen them or or highlights. So I don't really know a ton about their players. I know Kieran Swiderski is is their main threat. He's got four goals on the season. Uh, I wish we had someone like him. He he is accurate from deep, not afraid to rip, not afraid to curl. Uh, then they got uh, Ben Bender, I believe his name is. Uh, he's, he's kind of their assist guy. Uh, and leads and appearances as well. But uh, outside of Swiderski, there no one else has more than than uh, than one goal. So Bender's got three assists and one goal. But outside of that, you know, that's really the the main threat here. Now that, that doesn't mean that. Oh, 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 yes. Oh, of course, of course. Sorry, thank you for correcting me. Of course, You're our welcome. other boy, our other boy, the T Rex himself, Mister Christian McCoon, who we could use this week. Maybe they can loan him to us for a week, uh, and and w- with the clause that we can play him against them, because I know that's in, that's in the, the clause a lot of times that they can't play if you loan them. Uh, but yeah, it will be good to 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 see him again, and um, you know, I I do hope for uh, for something for something fun. I know we, we did play him uh, one time in the preseason when we crowned ourselves the Carolina Challenge Cup champions or whatever the 
how that was called. And, uh, you know, they did get a penalty and, and McCoon was like, nah, no, nah, I'm taking this penalty. This is, this is all mine. I'm, I'm taking this, I'm shooting on my team, uh, or old team rather. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I could sit here and kind of extrapolate some random, you know, points that you can make of probably about any team, right. That just might fit the bill. But I, I honestly, I can't really give too much of a, of an accurate description. I've not watched a ton of them. Um, really the most I've, I, I saw of them was, like, I guess, in the preseason and a couple highlights here or there. Or if I just come across them on TV, just sitting down for a few minutes to watch a little bit of footy. But uh, match predictions, I'm reverting. I'm reverting to what happened before we got this this win streak. I'm going. I'm not giving us the win. <laughs> you got to prove me wrong. Um, honestly, probably looking at about a 1-1 a draw here. That, that, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Well, hmm. I'm going to go, and I'm, I'm cheating, just so you know, I am cheating. Okay. I'm going to go 2-1 Charlotte because they, like the have not had a, they have not had a game where there has been more than three goals this year. So I think we get a goal in, but the fans push Charlotte across the line. Okay. Um. And, you know, they've played pretty tough. Like LA Galaxy, it was one nothing. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, before they hit their injuries, it was 2-1. I mean, they whooped up on New England 3-1. to They beat Cincy 2-0 to after Cincy beat us. Um, even against Philly, who Philly's looking pretty sharp, they only gave up two goals to Philly. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go 2-1, Charlotte. Um, I would love to pick us for this, but you know, I'm not even, I'm not even making the seven hour drive down to Charlotte. I, I, I just don't, it sounds bad as a, as a fan. Like it sounds really poor, but I don't want to sit there among 75,000 people and, and watch us get shredded. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just you know, to, like, to, to put this into perspective, Charlotte sits in 11th, right? So we were 12th. We're both, both have 10 points. We're tied, but, uh, we're sitting at a negative nine goal differential. So, uh, so yeah, so there is that. Just keep an eye on that part. Oh, all righty. So, well, I like that. Okay, so we're not predicting to win. So now the team's got to earn it because we definitely, you know, the team listens to the podcast. And if we give them a win, then they're going to play bad. We know how that rolls. Um, let's move on to the good news, right? The best news of the week, of the year, maybe of the club's history. And that was on Thursday. The Miami commissioners, the vote finally happened. The Miami Freedom Park vote finally happened. And it was approved after a very painstaking five hours of debating Mm -hmm. and back and forth. and, And then people talking either like citizens or, or, or Miamians. Well, I'm, I'm losing the, the word I want to use the townsfolk township of Miami, whatever you want to call them, uh, was able to come out there and speak. So we saw, uh, you know, several people saw like vice city out there. Uh, national Rosa Negra was out there. I believe Southern Legion was out there. And, and I think even the siege, honestly, they had players out there, uh, looked pretty, pretty packed house, but, we got the vote 
passed. Miami Freedom Park will be built. This is not just like, this is a massive celebration, but there are still going to be some some stuff we have to work through to get this. Like there are certain clauses in place. I think they can't build like above three feet off the ground until they complete the park. So they can like pour the foundation for the stadium, but then they have to complete the park for the city. But before all that happens, they have to clean all the land from the arsenic. Uh, I think there's a little bit more of approval process. So we're going to, we'll continue to keep everyone updated on this and the process of, of what's going on and any of those uh, challenges that need to be overcome. But the good news is your football is finally coming to Miami proper. I don't know what Miami FC is going to do. Cause that's all they've, they've had was just that, that they're the, the only team actually in Miami. Um, I know, you know, some people are torn. I know the West Palm and the Brower people were enjoying that it was in, you know, Fort Lauderdale. I'll, I'll miss it. I will miss going to Dry Pink to watch Inter Miami because it's so close to my house. But, uh, you know, hey, we'll take the bright line. We'll get down there on the bus. It's going to be such a beautiful complex. It's going to have a beautiful soccer-specific stadium. It's going to have a gorgeous corporate I think 1 million square feet was the number. It's going to have retail. It's going to have restaurants, bars, a park. It's it's going to have what? I think like 50 something acres of green space. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, I'm definitely taking the bright line. I'm not going to fight that traffic on the, on, on the way down there, but uh, congratulations everyone, especially to all the the fans from Miami that have been making the trip up for the past three years. And to be fair, we'll have to make the trip up probably for the next two to four years, depending on how how soon this gets up. So if you're in Broward or West Palm, enjoy the next two to four years because it's moving. But it's here. I know everyone is is so ecstatic about that. And again, it's going to be sad to to be able to just drive five minutes to get to the stadium. But man, it just feels like the 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 freedom to dream slogan is now becoming a reality. And I know how much this means to all of the fans in Miami. I really do. This is probably the biggest item for them outside of results and wanting to see the team do well. So congratulations, everyone to all the fans, man, massive, massive milestone. And it's going to be such a beautiful facility. Yo, and major props to uh, Jorge Moss. I mean, he'll never hear this is what it is. I'm going to say it anyways. He was handling some of those shots. He like the the unexpected shots to the ribs uh, through questioning like an absolute champ. Uh, you know, I, I watched the majority of it. I, like most people probably got suckered into thinking it was going to be like an hour discussion and then it was going to be a vote. Um, and, and just watching, Moss hold his composure, bring up facts rather than allowing the the certain people who we won't name on this podcast and have their like have their narrative be what the main talking points were going to be. Um, you know, it it just showed that Miami and the citizens of one of the most beautiful cities in the entire world do not have to fear what they feared for Marlin Park or whatever they want to call it, that disaster that Miami Marlins play in. It, it's not, I hope I don't eat my words, it's not going to be the same. You know, there's going to be the green space for the kids. There's going to be all this, all, like you already touched on, the hotels, the restaurants, the, one of the most gorgeous stadiums in 
in in in the world. I'm gonna go out there and say in the world for for soccer. It's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be great for the city. Great. It's it's gonna be one of those things where the kids are gonna be able to walk by and say, "Mom, Dad, I want to play there." Yeah, yeah. And that, or, or that's just, huge. We'll just hang out there. Go eat there. Uh, I don't I don't think I mentioned it, but there's gonna be a hotel. I'm gonna be staying at this hotel. I, I look forward to it. But I think one of the biggest um, understated facts is that this hotel is there. And for all of the fans, for, for the teams we will be playing, the ease they're going to have by flying into Miami International Airport and then what is that, like two blocks? I don't know, maybe longer than that, but it's right next to the stadium. So you could literally fly into the, you could fly into the airport, walk over to the stadium, watch the game, walk back over to the airport, fly out or land, go get your hotel room, go to the game and then stay in the hotel room for the night and just enjoy a good night out. It's going to be a great situation. I know you'll probably be staying down there when you visit as well. Like we look forward to this. You'd be silly not to stay down. I mean, I fully plan on being there with with two kids and the wife flying down. It's going to make everything so much easier. So, yep. uh, you know, not to get too hung up on this. We're going to be discussing it a lot further down the road. But this is a huge win. If you're not excited for this, you might want to double check your fandom. You might want to get your heart rate checked. You might want to see if you're alive. Because even as someone who doesn't live in the area, I am beyond excited for this. Mm-hmm. It's 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 phenomenal for the entire team. It is. Um, but uh, as you alluded to earlier, we have a U.S. Open Cup game coming up, don't we? We do. We have the U.S. Open Cup game against South Georgia Tormenta on May 10th. So that is on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. Um, technically, Tormenta is the home team, but they forfeited their rights to host because, well, I I recalled their... their um, if you want to call it a stadium, it's like can't really house that many people. So uh, they are actually the home team. But since uh, they forfeited their right, it is going to be a home game at Drive Pink Stadium. The first ever U.S. Open game at Drive Pink Stadium. And a nice little midweek pick-me-up for all of us down here. Uh, again, it's going to be probably scrappier than we'd care to admit, especially with the injuries we're dealing with and the the, the roster shifts that were happening. But uh, definitely look forward to that. Going to be a good time. And uh, of course, uh, there was some some other news popping up here um, with some pretty important call-ups for the youth. You know we like to care about our youths. So kind of run us down what's going on. All right. So we had six call-ups, uh, five of which to U.S.-based national teams and one to the Dominican Republic youth national team. Uh, Justin Ellis is going to be representing us at the U15 U.S. men's youth national team, as well as Tyler Austin on the same team, and as well as Santi Morales, uh, the U15 team. Uh, if you don't know any of those three players, don't be alarmed. Not that big a deal. I tend to follow the youth players a little bit more, and they were part of that U15 team that did a lot of damage in that generation Adidas mm-hmm. Cup uh, to some of the European powerhouses uh, that all came over to, I think it was down in Texas, if I remember correctly. Frisco. Frisco okay, Texas. okay. Um, 
up next, we have Tyler Hall representing the U.S. men's youth national team on the U-17 team. Uh, someone a lot of the folks in the Discord are pretty high on, Ben Kremeshki. Uh, pronounce, I'm sorry if I pronounced it incorrectly. Um, he is going to be at the U-19 U.S. men's youth national team. I heard a lot of rumors he could be our next good thing to come out of the academy in terms of all-around talent, not just one side of the ball or the other. He could be the total package when it's all said and done. Uh, And then finally, Israel Boatwright is going to be representing the Dominican Republic for the U-20 team. Uh, You know, shout out to all of those guys continuing to push their careers. Uh, And, you know, shout out to our academy. Again, I, I personally don't think our academy gets enough credit especially after this generation of Adidas Cup, we're starting to get it put on the same level as the Philly Union Academy, which if you know academies, you know that's a pretty Mm -hmm. good one to be linked up with. Um, So, yeah, you know, congrats to those fellas. I hope they all do well. Uh, You'll do us proud. You'll do La Familia proud. You'll do your own family proud. It'll be fantastic for you. Um, moving on with the academies, the U13s won uh, the Easter International Cup in Orlando. So Inter-Miami is winning at Mickey Mouse FC. Uh, we they, they have an unbelievable season going on right now, Jay. Their record is 19 wins to one loss. 19 wins it says to 20. one loss. It says 20 now. because I'm looking okay. at the website because I wanted to see what their standings were. They're in first place in their division, the Florida division. I love how Florida gets its own division. So there's like Southeast, like Northwest, whatever. Give Florida their own division. It's fine. 60 points. Next closest team is 49 points. That's insane. That's impressive. That's good for the future. This is like five years down the road. These players are going to really start leaking in. Honestly, it could be earlier than that, right? Could be three, four years, depending on the quality of of the individuals here. But this is going to leak in into the first team. And this is just... a this is what we want. This is what we need. You you mentioned uh, Philadelphia. Like FC Dallas is another uh, one that's really, really good and really well-known for developing players, selling them off, or just bringing them up. Like just perennial, perennially good every year almost. This is very, very positive news. I'm, I'm very happy that you that you brought this up uh, because that is, that is something, as we look for positives, stuff to focus on, build the future. This is the stuff we want to hear. Yeah, and, you know, I, I implore any fan who who loves this club like we do, go follow the Inter-Miami Academy on, on social media. Uh, they post highlights. They do player interviews. Uh, one, one gentleman I recently started following, Benjamin Cure, he always does a great job interviewing the youth. Um, I love seeing their goals of the week. Uh, I, I just like to see what they're up to because – we are watching our future unfold before our eyes. Yes, a lot of these players may not be with us, but if, if you look at the grand scheme of things, all of our teams are doing pretty damn well. And as I've been saying since I joined the podcast, our academy has to be that foundation. And right now we're starting to see that come to fruition where our foundation is looking pretty solid. Um, and here- you know, and not good. And just notable because I'm just I'm just you know I'm scrolling through this stuff. These like just there's so many teams in this, so so many teams in all these different divisions of the U13s. But you look at like I I would like to see a compiled list of all this of where we stack up because there are a few teams that have 
like 80 points, but they also have eight more games played than us. Or uh, like there's a, a solid chance that they're one of the top, top three teams in the entire U13 program, regardless of division. It's insane. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, we could probably go another two hours if, if you let me keep talking about this, but it's it's going to be imperative that we continue to cultivate the youth, the best teams in the world, and I'm not saying we're on the same page as most of these teams, but you look at the Barcelona uh, and PSGs and, and, and whatnot, they hold youth camps, they build up their academies, they set up second teams to play in other leagues. This is where it's made. This is where this is where the building blocks are made, and and help prop us up for the future. But um, you know, Jay, not to hop off of a really big high and a good positive, but uh, Inter Miami CF two did have a game this weekend, did they not? They did, and they lost to uh, to New England Revolution. Just a mm. double whammy, double whammy, and I, I guess you know. In the same spirit of the first team, they lost by 1-0, but it was off an own goal. So uh, It was you know. Noah. Yeah. It was Noah. It was my boy. Uh, I feel for him because it was, it was rough. It was, it, was, it, was not, it was one of those things where if, if you ever played the game, it had to be a quick decision. He made it, and it just went the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel for you. Don't let this taint your view on Noah Allen. Again, he's going to be great. He's only 18 now. But yeah, that was that was a rough I mean, outing for the boys. Like, when was that game? What day was that? I can't remember. It's Sunday. It was immediately yeah. after yeah. the. So uh, I mean, back to back games for Noah. You know, like impressive. I mean, and, and we will see that, right? We saw you know Emerson down there. We'll see players kind of going back and forth just to con- continue uh, to to develop. But um, you know, something happened to to one of your boys, one of your boys that I know you love so much. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm sad, but I'm extremely proud all the same. Like, he doesn't even know who I am, but I'm like extremely <laughs> proud of of what he's deciding to do. Uh, Ethan Harden has left Inter Miami CF2 to attend Biola University out in California, which I do believe is out near San Diego. Um, you know, it, it came down to, and I'm not going to speculate for him or or his family. You know. Uh, I've spoken to the family. They're they're great. They're great people. You know, I don't want to anything I say to be taking for exactly what they're thinking, what they're doing. But how I see it is that Ethan saw the talent coming up through the center back spot. He didn't have as much playing time as he did last year, and he said, "And again, this is pure speculation. I have a chance to get my education. Mm-hmm. I can still play football, soccer out at Biola, and." maybe come back when it's all done. Yeah. Get some maybe, Yeah. Or, or, or go to the West coast, find a better opportunity on the West coast mm-hmm. because you got to remember his brother is still with the team. So then maybe they'll keep a, a pathway open for him. Well, but I have to assume um, that they're they're They will hold his homegrown rights. So if he goes into a draft and someone wants to acquire him, they've got to kind of got to go through us, kind of pay up a little money to get those rights. Right. And, you know, this one, you know, it's one of those things I'm torn on because it's like, damn, I really wanted, like, I still personally believe he will round out if he continues to play the sport and be a top notch center back. Not, I won't sit here and say he'll be an all star, but he will be one of those workhorses for you day in and day out. 
at your club. Um, but, you know, I'll speak for all of us here at the Inner Miami, Inner Miami podcast. You know, Ethan, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, we hope you kill it out there in California. Uh, we hope to see you coming back, supporting the boys, supporting your brother. And, uh, yeah, best of luck, man. Well, bring us on home with your favorite segment. Only fans. Yeah, only fans. All right. Ready, Jay? We yeah. got four, actually four, plus another question, because I'm going to throw one at you right at the end. Four questions for Jay Kington. Jay, will the low suspension being, uh, will the low suspension be a blessing in disguise? Uh, maybe make way for one or two of the uh, I am CF2 boys to come up. Uh, and that's from Don Cafecito. What are your thoughts? Oh, it'll be a blessing for whoever's coming up. Um, it might not be a blessing for for the first team. Uh, we're gonna have to to probably bring some some players up. Uh, I mean, let's not forget we do have Jovan Jones uh, down there. We could maybe make that work. Uh, but you know, you got Mendez. You, you got some people. I mean, you know, Neville's Even you know, th- there are some options here, but we'll have to see exactly where their biggest needs are. Um, you could bring up like a sailor. There, there's a lot of, lot of opportunities. So blessing in disguise. I don't think so because typically that first game with the senior squad can, can be pretty rough. Um, I think low is going low being gone with the suspension. Uh, we'll experience some pain. He, you know, being a center back, right. You could, you could maybe bring in like a, a left back or a right back or wing back or whatever to, to maybe, maybe they can make a mistake and it's not as crucial, but for that center back to, to really be the focal point of our back line, I think we're going to experience some pain. I'm interested in seeing who they bring up. Cause I think again, they're going to have to, to bring some players up. Um, and I would like to see how they handle the, the first team scenario, a setting, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be more pain than, than blessing and despise Don. Sorry, bud. Uh, you know, it's actually funny you said that. Do you know where Jovan Jones played for Inter Miami two this weekend? No, he played left wing this past weekend. He came out oh, of the forwards, but well, you know, I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, look. So, I mean, I'm. I guess that if you're, if you're, you know, he's a senior, right? He's like a senior member on the squad, right? I mean, he's a he's a he's a professional. He's been to several, you know, MLS teams. Place for you know, Trinidad uh, and Tobago internationally as well. Um, yeah, you, you know he probably has the that versatility when you're playing with younger kids. Um, but yeah, we're probably going to need to bring him back in that that back line. I really do like his pink hair that he's rocking though. I that is kind of swaggy. I feel that. I, I can't say I've seen it, but uh, to answer Don Cafecito's question. Uh, I'm going to say, Nuka, get your sailor hat ready. Because if anybody's coming up, it's your boy. It's the man you've been waiting for at the center back position. Anchors away. Sailor is on his way. He is leaving port. He <laughs> is going out of the port of Miami. And we are partying off in the sunset on the SS Sailor. Next go. question. Or, or do we go with Tyler Hall? Because, I mean, if he's getting called up to the men's national youth team he's got yeah, might have to bring up a couple we honestly might have to bring up a couple we'll see well this but will be interesting to see how it shakes out 
Yeah, you had to take my beautiful image and just kind of add something to it. Like I, I had, I, I had. Don't care, this, I don't like, care about Nuka, damn Scouser. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna lose the uh, they're gonna lose the Champions League. Uh, anyways, I have to get one dig in an episode. That's that's in my clause here. Um, Joe in Discord asked Jay, "Do the failures in past transfers make us hesitant on it, uh, bringing in certain players or any incoming players?" Uh, oh, I mean, well, you know, transfer window is not open, <laughs> so we, that's why we, we can't really bring in uh, any players right now. Um, I don't think that the failures of past transfers will make us hesitant because that's just a part of, of the sport. That's just a, a, a part of being a professional franchise. You're going to, you're always going to be losing players. You're always going to have to be adding players and supplementing more players. in. that's just how it goes. Do the failures of bringing in big name Europeans does does that make us more hesitant? I think so. I think that if there's anything we've identified, unless it's a Messi or a Suarez, probably, but those are still different caliber than than Iguain or Matuidi. I think what we've learned is that we need to go with the youth, with the speed with the, the young and hungry versus the big name ticket to, to fill up the stadium. And, uh, you know, maybe Messi could save the team and win. Sh- I mean, I don't know, but I, I think we're, we're a little hesitant on, on, on the big name Europeans right now. I think Hendo's focus is on the smarter roster build, the more lasting roster build. Cause any of the big name Europeans probably only have two to three years left in them anyway. Whereas we can get some people that could be here five, seven years, something like that. So, I, that's probably where it is. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I would actually have to agree with you. And it was actually kind of funny. Uh, MLS Buzz News posted uh, somebody was talking about the failures of Douglas Costa and and how terrible it was out in L.A. and blah, 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 blah. And I, through our official account, went, well, it could be worse. And I just posted the gif of Blaze Matweedy <laughs> laughing. And, <laughs> and I was like, I mean, that the, that is honestly worst case scenario. It is, is, is having a blaze Matweedy situation right now. Um, I honestly think, as a fan, it's going to be really hesitant to get super excited about anybody. I mean, yeah, I know you and I got excited about certain players, but we tend to kind of take a little more in-depth, like not not just the, the base level look at it. We're looking at what they do, what they did. Uh, like uh, Robbie Taylor is one that you and I were looking at. Mm-hmm. Robbie, we saw his game. We knew kind of what he was doing. We didn't watch the videos, but we saw stats-wise what he brought to the table. Um, and then once we see him in – Ah, you traitor. Um, <laughs> but to kind of wrap it up real quick, to your point, yes, big-name Europeans, I am really, really skeptical on unless it's like Robert Lewandowski mm-hmm. or, a, oh. or a Messi or – don't tempt me with Louis because if he comes over here, I'm I'm getting I would, all Louis I would everything. Love some some Lewandowski. Oh man, I would love that so much. Yeah. That that would be so nice. Um, but um, L.A. Take it easy, <laughs> Douglas Costa. It's been ten games. It's not unusual by any means. I'd actually say it's much more common for the bigger name Europeans to come in. Uh, well, you know, not maybe not Europeans, but who come from the European leagues to come in and make an impact right away. Chicharito, most recent one that uh, that struggled. Gonzalo's still struggling, so we can't really say anything about him. But give it some time. Uh, he could very much turn on and shred the second half of the season or or even, you know, 
just have a ball in season uh, next year. So don't be too quick to judge. Ten, ten games in, man. Chill out, Ole. All right. Uh, Andy and Shenandoah ask, Jay, do the refs have it out for us? Did two years of Figal and LGP basically condition the refs to pull out the cards on us quicker than usual? <laughs> I, I could be. That's a, that's a fair point. Um, I also think there's just like with these pro refs, the, the inconsistency is just what's frustrating from game to game. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I, I don't like to be the guy that always complains about the refs, but I just, I feel it, it's just kind of random, you know, draw the hat, who you get it and how they're, they're going to, you know, ref and manage the game. So could be, I mean, we have certainly complained a lot. We've had our hair, hands up in the air. Like we just don't care for our entire um, history in this league. It feels like we're never shy to get up in the ref's face. We're never shy to catch an additional yellow for dissent if we need to. Um, yeah, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if refs thought we were annoying as hell and just were like, shut up, here's another yellow. But little do they know, over here at the Intermind Me podcast, we take our yellow card lead, league lead, with pride. We, we are prideful in that. We want to be the first in at least one category. And if it's going to be yellow cards, damn it, let us be number one. I think if we ever break the record for most yellow cards in the season, either by club or by players, we should uh, get T-shirts printed up. that says, like, we live for descent with a yellow card up in the air and have, like, whoever broke the record, like, their name on the back of the shirt. Or have like every every yellow card in the like the, the minute that it was that it was given. Sick idea. I'm gonna one up you. If we ever break it that following season, because our jerseys alternate one one every every year. Uh, give me a yellow jersey if we break. The, the, I, it's not even in our color scheme, but just give me a yellow jersey for a season. We don't care about you, Columbus Crew. We're the title holders. Yes, um, Andy, Nashville, to answer sorry. your question, in like substantially less words than what Jay just said, yes, that's my answer. Yes, it's just yes. That's that's what it is. It it, it it's it's almost disgusting at some points. Um, Jay, two more questions, real quick. This one's actually a really good one from Mega Barra, our in-house Miami FC fan. Uh, Mega Barra asks Jay, if Drive Pink gets torn down. What memorabilia would you buy or keep if allowed? What memorabilia would I buy or keep? I would like to buy a piece of the pink net. Um, and then I would, I'd buy like a, I'd buy a, like one of the pink seats. I want one of the pink seats. I don't want the white. I don't want the gray. I'll take a pink seat. Uh, I'll take a, a piece of the railing that I stand on shirtless when we score. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, what about a piece of the uh with a cinder block that Chris Allen stares at you from? Would you get it? Would you get, would you get <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. If I can just buy Chris Allen, I'm gonna buy a Chris Allen. But uh All what right. a dumb question, Megabara. They're not tearing that down. Don't be so why I don't know where this rumor started. This was always in the plan. And Mega, I can say that to you because you know I love you so much. Uh well this I was mean always in the plan that eventually the team's going to Miami. And it was at the time Inner Fort Lauderdale. Now it's Inner Miami CF2 is going to be playing there. That's where our academies. Uh, well, that's a training facility. I don't see it getting torn down. I think what we will see, if anything, is some slightly higher usage from the local communities. 
for tournaments, for high school, anything like that. I, I, I don't see it getting torn down. Where's this rumor coming from? And, uh, it's coming from uh, the gentleman in our Discord who loves the team that plays at FIU Stadium. Uh, Mega, uh, I would say NWSL team or whatever, NW, whatever. Mm. The, the We'll get a female team for Inter-Miami. Um, it, it would be cool to see. I'd love to see them play there. Uh, for me, it would have to be, and it would take some figuring out, um, but it would have to be where we stood when we saw them beat Columbus, like one of the bars or the railing, something like that. I'd also like to get a pink seat uh, because I think that would be cool to have. Um, yeah, I don't know. If they sold like a piece of the turf, I'd be all for it. Like I don't yeah, care where yeah. it's from. That's why like one um, piece I, of the pink net I think would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I want that whole um, Wendy's logo sticker on my house. It's massive. I'll just put it on the back of my house. Let, I like let, that. Let them know we got hot and juicies in here. <laughs> the the, the Golazo deals in the Kington household. <laughs> um, Someone called right. it the, the, the Gonzalo deal. I was like, no, chill, chill. Although fitting, fitting because he isn't always the most fit, but it's Golazo. The Golazo deals at Wendy's, the Gonzalo deals at McDonald's because they're going to forget half your meal and then the ice cream machine is <laughs> not going to work. So, um, and then complain to you about so, it. Yes. All right, Jay, last question so we can wrap this up. In honor of May 4th, may the 4th be with you, Jay. Star, Star Wars Day, Wars baby. Fan. Yes, sir. I need to ask you, which player on the team best resents, or represents a character from Star Wars? Oh, man. On this current now, roster? Because LGBT I will is say, definitely a Darth Maul. I will say the Discord said that our attackers represent stormtroopers because they can't hit the broad side of a barn. <laughs> Yo, that's so. so, that is so good. I don't want to disrespect him because I love him so much. But I'm going to go ahead and say the Lizard King, my, my man Breck Shea, is, is my own Jar Jar Binks. Dude. Get out of here. I was going to say Kinteros is my Jar Jar Binks because he's always fumbling and bumbling, but somehow yeah. ends up on the right side of shit when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. I was going so. off like a height and kind of like, you know, like blankiness kind of kind of thing there. This would be fun. I, I mean, if we could put some thought into this and, uh, and like maybe we'll have to touch back on this next episode and try to attribute like our starting lineup with star wars characters for sure that that would be a, a, a fun thing to do i think all right uh, i can work on it because god knows i don't do work when i'm at work so um but you know final final part right here uh you know we've been neglecting to do it mainly my fault because i'm the one that puts together the uh the episode uh scripts and all notes and all that but you know i want to give a shout out to our boy johnny um, if you listen to the fan review, Johnny was a part of our fan review. Mm -hmm. uh, if you follow our Instagram or Twitter or you're in our Discord, he is the one putting out the spiciest graphics. He is one that, uh, Jay, did he not have some sort of help with the jersey that we released this year? Yeah, Johnny's helped me with, uh, with designs um, before we even officially like brought him into the inner Miami podcast uh, family, if you will, you know, he is the, the fourth member of this uh, ragtag group of fellas that, that throw this together every single week. Um, yeah. He's, he's, he's always been a help. He's always, he's one of the nicest people you're, you'll talk to as long as you don't <laughs> piss them off. Um, 
great father. I do want to say that great, great father. I think that's a very, very important thing, especially for both of us being fathers um, mm-hmm. ourselves. But this, the, the spiciest of the memes he creates and look, I'm in, I'm everywhere. I am in all the fan groups. I, I am all over the social medias. I see you people stealing his memes and not giving credit. He doesn't mind if you steal his memes. He honestly doesn't even mind if you don't give him credit. But I mind. Give Johnny Alpha the credit he deserves because he comes up with the best memes. And if you don't and give him the credit, if you don't give him any credit, you can meet up with me at a tailgate when I come down. Yeah. I guarantee you'll be giving him credit after the fact. But no, like for real, Johnny's one of the best people. You touched on it. He's he's a great father. That's huge for both of us. And he puts out the best content. Um you know, Johnny, welcome to the team. Glad to have you. Uh, glad to have you part of our family here. Uh, and again, as we like to always end on, like, you know, shout out to La Familia. Shout out to all the amazing supporters who listen to us week in, week out. Yep. Ramble, sometimes a little drunk, sometimes a little pissed off, sometimes all the same. Yeah. Um, you know. But Johnny's uh, smiling. I, I, know, I know Johnny's smiling right now as he's listening to this. He's got yeah, a I mean, on his face. Uh, <laughs> Was he not smiling though? I mean, that guy's always smiling. Um, but for real though, you know, if you want to follow us, uh, Jay, where can they follow us on social media? Uh, Twitter at Inter MIA Podcast, Instagram at Inter Miami Podcast. Whichever one of you complain about our logo on our Facebook to get us banned, that was very, very rude of you. How rude! <laughs> it's fine though. I guess I'm just old in my ways. Nobody really uses Facebook anymore. Except I'm following all these people stealing Johnny's memes. But anyway, just joking, just joking. But uh, yeah, thank you everyone. I know it's uh, you know kind of back to the painful episodes, but hey, bright future. We've got a game on Tuesday against Tormenta. After the away game on Saturday, and then we got a home game against uh, DC United. So good, good week ahead of us as we end every single episode. Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami.